Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, well, we're flying pretty high because we are going to recap what we saw at the Auto Club Speedway, and we're going to be recapping that race for the last time. But we made it out of there with our pockets full, so we'll take a look at what went right and what went wrong as well. But an overall recap of that race, and we'll say goodbye to Auto Club Speedway, and then we will set our sights for Vegas. That's right, Sin City is where we are headed next in the Cup Series, all three series actually, and we're going to talk about Vegas, talk about the track stats, what we're going to be looking at this week as far as a data set to try to you know make the right choices, try to keep this momentum going. Then we will talk winners. Got some top 10s as well, finishing position bets and a little bit of a prop bet in there. And then talk about head-to-heads. And then, I don't have a guest this week, but we will be doing something a little different. We'll, we'll save it, a little teaser here. But because we're going to Vegas, I wanted to, you know, do something a little different gambling-wise. We'll, we'll maybe play a little roulette later. So uh, stay tuned for that when we get to the head-to-head section. So a lot to get to. We're going to have some fun this week because, well, we're going to Vegas. And how could we not? So let's take a look back at Auto Club. It was a big win for the podcast and clearly a big win for the eight car. Big win for RCR. Kyle Busch got it done for us at plus 1,000. Absolutely love it. He was the best car on the racetrack. I mean, maybe, you know, we'll put a a pin in this, but maybe for the exception of Kyle Larson, who, even though he was a million laps down, uh, had a really fast race car. But uh, as far as, you know, the the drivers that were competing for the win were concerned, Kyle Busch was very clearly from the beginning a force. And to overcome that speeding penalty, you never really thought that he was out of it. It actually kind of felt like foreshadowing when he got that penalty and Mike Joy read off the stat that the last time he had the win in Auto Club, or maybe it was his first win at Auto Club, he overcame a speeding penalty earlier in that race to do so. And, you know, when he said that, it kind of just gave me that that feeling like, oh boy, you know, this feels like a storyline playing out. So he was never out of it and just kept fighting his way back. And I'll tell you what, it feels so good to hit on Kyle early there's there's a number of different reasons to feel good right now it feels good to hit on Kyle early because of how he made such a big deal about Kyle Busch over one and a half wins this season at plus money during the season win total pod and the the various episodes I've been on different podcasts and, and shows so far this year we've gone all in on Kyle and to get that win early is just so huge to have you know and now we get to see the rest of the season play out i mean his championship odds have shot down to plus 650 so clearly the books are recognizing that success as well his his dominance even though daytona you know he didn't get the finish he deserved really performed well the clash he performed well so that team and that franchise is really stepping up to the plate now they're they're putting their money where their mouth is Um, a quick deviation here we talked about this last year 
when we were looking at Cindric moving into the two car and Brad moving over to the six car and seeing, you know, is it the driver or is it the team? And I think that that is not an apples to apples comparison to what we have this year, really, but it's close. Um, And we're seeing Reddick struggle, as I'm going to talk about later when we talk about a a specific bet. But Reddick, through two races, just hasn't figured it out. And, And meanwhile, Kyle has just been on fire. So they have clearly won that battle with Toyota, or at least that trade, early in the season. They've, they've seen the success that they were hoping for. And we're definitely going to be, you know, following this trend, especially when we get to road courses. Road courses is going to be a big thing because Reddick was so successful last year. But we really want to keep tabs on the 45 and the 8 car to see how that correlation is going to unfold throughout the season. So, so far, it's one nothing 8 car and Kyle Busch. Uh, but... The other reason it feels good right now is just because, you know, last week when I was recording this episode, I I felt so good about everything that we were putting out there for the bets. Um, just really haven't felt that way in a long time. And then to see it come to fruition just gives me the juice that I need to get going here in this season. So all the wins that we had last week. Oh, and by the way, that season win total bet for Kyle Busch, it's available now. You could still hop in on it. If you did not get in on it with us, you can hop in. But now you're going to have to pay 3.5 wins instead of 1.5. So you won't be celebrating with us at the same time. But I have half a mind. To, to double down. I might ask that question on uh, Twitter this week. You know, maybe double back down and go for three over three and a half uh, wins because that's plus money, I believe, right now on Caesars. So other wins that we had last week at Auto Club, we had Harvick called out for a top 10. That hit. Uh, he was minus 106. That was He was pretty silent, you know, just a strong day out of the four car in his last season. So good to see him getting off to a solid start. Then we went... Really big on Bubba, excuse me, Suarez over Bubba. And, you know, talked about how that was plus money. Talked about that on the NASCAR betting preview show on Wednesday night, the live Twitter show that we do. And and that was a big one. A lot of people were also in on that with me. And the line ended up moving uh, to Suarez being the favorite. And, well, there was a good reason for that. He won and he looked very stout. Bubba was decent for a while, but he did you know, bubble things and ended up fading, but um, we'll see if he can bounce back next week. So Suarez, you know, that plus 100 head to head, that was a big one for us as well. So we had the the outright winner, we had a top 10 hit, and we had a good head to head plus 100. Some misses though, we got to call some out. Almarola, that was a, a miss I really missed on Almarola, uh, and it wasn't necessarily his own doing. It was, you know, him getting caught up, wrong place, wrong time. But if his car was better, he wouldn't have been, you know, really in that position during that restart. Um, So that was just really bad. And it was catastrophic for me because, as you may know, we started a one-and-done pool with some of the other content creators, the other podcasters in the NASCAR betting preview area. And that (laughs) I had Almarola in my pool uh, and now I'm in dead last. So I got some some real recovery to be done here in the next few weeks to try to you know salvage and keep me in this uh, as we move forward. Austin Dillon, we called him out. We loved that plus 350 in that group 
but he ended up losing to Suarez by a few spots, so that was a killer as well, even though Dylan performed quite well. Um, the Hendrick head-to-heads that we called out, I, I missed on both of those. Larson obviously was fast, so I don't feel like I got that one wrong. It was just, uh, you know, you can't predict the, the engine issues or whatever they had there to start the race. But it would have been close if he had stayed around because Chase really had a good car finishing second. Chase, I don't know, are, are we going to see similar stuff to what we did last year? Because Chase was not really throwing his weight around in that race very much. And then all of a sudden, at the end, there he is. He's second place, and he was fast at the end of that race. So that's a lot like what we saw for a good portion of last season. So Chase, uh, definitely somebody watch out for it. but that head-to-head would have been good if they had both stayed in it and then uh, Bowman took down Byron Byron really didn't have uh, the juice that I thought he would in that race so we missed that one as well but still coming out very much on top that's the thing about gambling on NASCAR it's not the amount of wins that you have it's the ones that you get and uh, feeling really good about where we are right now coming out of auto club so sad to see it go and the the other news there was that Looked like um, I had thought that the news Jordan Bianchi reported last year was that they are 100% turning that into a short track. But all week, you got the vibes. And then during the, the race, even, when they were talking about it. And then afterwards, and Denny Hamlin on his podcast post-race said it. He does not think they're ever going back to Auto Club. They are not going to convert it into a short track. That was his prediction. That took me by surprise. I thought that was like a done deal. Um, so that is really sad. I mean, obviously, a short track would be 100% different than what we're betting on here. So we're sad as gamblers to see this one go. But, um, yeah, you know, interesting race. You know, it was great to see them get the race in, considering all the rain that they had and no practice at all. They just had to get up and run the race on Sunday. Um, so we didn't get a chance to see, like, who improved from practice to the race and, and qualifying and whatnot. But still, Happy to see that they got the race in because we profited pretty well. So we'll stop taking this victory lap because we don't know how many we're going to have this season uh, that go as good as that. But we'll move on to Vegas. Hopefully we can keep this momentum going here. Now, Las Vegas, third race of the year and continues as that sandwich, that that sandwich in the West Coast swing here. It's a 1.5 mile track and they added two dates to Las Vegas when they took one away from New Hampshire just a few years ago. Um, And now one of them is a playoff race. So when you're looking back and you're trying to predict like who's going to be good, you know, does that playoff race make a difference to you as a, you know, gambler, somebody that's trying to handicap the race? Do you look at that any differently and you're looking at the statistics? I necessarily don't. I think everyone's really still going forward at that point in the season. It's not like the race we're going to talk about next week where there is a, a bit of a difference there. So um, I, I do kind of consider them equal to some extent there, um, but I could see how someone could make the case that you have to cap that a little bit differently. Uh, the funny thing is that there are 12 of the last 13 winners still active in the Cup Series, which is kind of unusual. You know, we're going track to track. I'm looking at the trends and the the past winners. That's a lot of still active winners. That's a lot of knowledge driving around on the track. Uh, A few repeat winners, obviously, to make up that number. But still, there's a a lot of different drivers that make that up. So 
you know, a lot of people with good notes on this racetrack trying to put that to good use on Sunday and the full weekend, really. So let's take a look at the track stats for Vegas. There have been 30 races there in the history of the Cup Series. The winner has only started from the pole one time, and it was a million years ago, it feels like. 2009, Kyle Busch won from the pole. So if you bet on one of these guys early, I feel like I'm kind of hoping it doesn't win the pole. But, you know, that kind of seems anti-productive. But that's really what the data is telling us here. Now, the winner has started in the top five 37% of the time. But last fall, Joey Logano did it. He won from fifth place and started in the top 10 60% of the time. So those are lower numbers than we're used to seeing, which tells you people can win from all over the track, just what they're learning throughout the weekend. Winner has started outside of the top 20 only five times, but pretty recent, Martin Truex in 2019. As far as manufacturer trends, the only one we really have to call out here is that Chevy has won three of the last five races. So Chevy clearly has something that they're hitting on at this racetrack, because I can remember recording this podcast thinking Ford, 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 you know, Penske all day, and that has kind of shifted. And now if you're looking at the manufacturer bet, Chevy is minus money to win this race this weekend. So, And depending on what book you're looking at, you might be looking at a Bad number, minus 130 is something that I saw uh, on Caesars. So Chevy clearly has the attention of the sports books. Now, last time around when we were in the spring, Chevy kind of stole that race. If you remember correctly, it's definitely worth looking back before you start placing bets left and right on this race. Give the, the races a quick recap, if, even if it's just the extended highlights or something like that on YouTube, because there were a couple drivers towards the front that were going to win this race going away, and then there was a very late caution forcing it to overtime, and Hendrick stole the race with a pit stop where they took two tires, and it ended up being Alex Bowman. So pretty interesting there. Logano ends up winning it in the fall. He's just you know very good at this track, as you can probably predict when we talk about Ford, Ford, Ford. He's somebody here with multiple wins at this racetrack. So when we're looking at the data, how are we going to try to see who's going to be good this weekend? Well, I'm looking at a number of different things. You're going to hear me call out a bunch of different stats as we go. This is a very stat-heavy episode, uh, I kind of realized as I was making my notes this week. And obviously, we're going to stick with the you know basics, right? We're going to look back at 10 races at this racetrack because now that they are coming here two times a year... It's really not going back that far. So we're looking at driver rating, average finish in the last 10. That gives you a good sense of the foundation, what you need. Then we are going to be looking at the last two races at Vegas, so both races from 2022 because the next-gen car. We also are going to be looking at a combined driver rating when we're talking about those races. So if you remember last week when we were talking about Auto Club, I was ripping on a average finish of the four comp tracks uh when we're just talking about vegas i'm going to be looking at the drive rating because the average finish doesn't necessarily tell the story with a sample size of two races so i'll be calling out in some cases a combined average driver rating of the two races that we saw in vegas because i think that that tells a you know a better picture than just the, the finishes then we're going to be looking at the i fantasy race speed rankings from all of the comp tracks, the mile-and-a-half comp tracks in 2022. This is an important stat, so it's definitely worth looking up. If you can find it out there on iFantasy Race, it's a very good chart, and he'll be adding more stuff as the week goes on. 
for free. And the, the comp tracks are two races at Vegas, two at Kansas, which is a most comparable track. Then we had the Coke 600 and Texas. So um, those races, those six are definitely the speed rankings that we're going to be looking at here. And we have ratings, the top 10 in those. I'll be calling those out as we talk about those specific drivers. The favorite right now, no surprise, because NASCAR gambling, uh, the sports books are so recency bias. Plus 600 for Kyle Busch. He's your favorite. So I had some guys that I wrote down. I've got my process so far this week. You know, on Thursday, the the show, I've already recorded it. I, I've done the, the NASCAR gambling preview show at that point. I'm kind of now on Thursdays looking forward, looking ahead. And I take my daughter to gymnastics and I just sit there for an hour in the waiting room. So I've been jotting down stats, some things, some leans about the future uh, race upcoming. And so I wrote some names down and then I just kind of crossed my fingers and see, you know, where they're going to land when the odds come out. Well, I'm talking about some of these guys that I had written down in the win section. So I'm calling out one driver in this segment now, um, as far as picking winners is concerned, from each manufacturer. We got a Chevy, we got a Toyota, and we got a Ford. I'm just kind of spreading the wealth around here. And I want to start with a guy who definitely jumped out the page to me. He's plus 800. So that's a number that I'm comfortable with. I was nervous he was going to be really down there, like plus 650 or something like that. And this is Ross Chastain. He's driving the one car. I cannot wait to see how Ross unloads this weekend in practice and qualifying. Looking, if you're trying to look at the last 10 races at Vegas, you're not going to find much because his career is obviously taken off in the last year or so. But he has come out of his shell, obviously, in the last year. And it was this race, really. You could make the case it was this race, Vegas in the spring, where they kind of, you know, poked up and said, hey, we're we're here, right? They won stage two in the March race. And I think at that point, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, you know, Trackhouse, they, they won their first ever stage. Good for them, right? Good little team. Good for them. Little did we know what was to come, that he would be a, a championship contender as the year went on. So he was just simply fantastic at Vegas in two races. He finished third in the spring, second in the fall. Like, those two stats right there, I don't really have to go into much more detail, but I'll, I'll give it a shot here. I mean, obviously, for you math whizzes out there, that's an average finish of 2.5. But he's got the best speed rankings of all of the comp tracks. 2022 speed ranks, Ross Chastain tops that list. His average speed ranking was 5.1. So really good stuff on the comp tracks. Then we can actually dig in a little bit further when we're talking about Vegas last year. We can look at things like average fastest laps, average laps led. And in those categories, Ross Chastain really steps up to the plate. He's got the second most average fastest laps in those two races and the most average laps led. So very impressive at this racetrack as we talked about. And then the stat where I said we're going to combine and do an average of the drive ratings at Vegas, he is dominant 122.5 not even close i mean he was just great great all around last year at the similar tracks great at this racetrack and then let's talk about last week ross was great last week like a real contender to win that race obviously i didn't have anything on ross and i was cheering for for kyle at the end because we had him uh among other guys but 
you know, he was a real force. So that's something that really stands out to me this week. You know, Denny said it on his podcast. The guys who are good at Auto Club most likely are going to show up and be good off the truck in Vegas. And, you know, I mentioned how I took Ross under one and a half races this year. But I said I will not have any qualms with taking him on a week-by-week basis if I think that he's looking like he's stepping up. So he's someone that has momentum. I love everything that I'm seeing about him and that car and that team with these stats. So plus 800 to me is a no-brainer. Next guy that I want to talk about is the Toyota. And this is Martin Truex Jr. And Toyota has been a bit snake-bit at Vegas. So if you're thinking that Toyota might be able to snap out of that, they're plus 300 as a manufacturer. You get all of them as part of that crew. Now, he was in an absolute showdown with Kyle Busch last spring. The two of them were going head-to-head for the win, and then the caution came out. I think it was for Eric Jones, and they decided to get four tires, and that absolutely killed Truex and the 19 team. It ended up costing Kyle a chance at the race as well because Toyota was on the four-tire plan for whatever reason. But looking at the last 10 races at Vegas, Truex is a monster. One win, like we talked about, coming outside of the top 20 from the starting position. So that one win in 2019, five top fives and nine top 10s. That is the most top 10s that anyone in NASCAR has in that time span. So really good stuff here. And his average finish is 6.5. If you think that's pretty good, you're correct because that's first out of everyone. His driver rating is second, 106.9. So really good stuff. Last year, in a year where you'd say, all right, well, Truex kind of struggled. You know, he he obviously didn't get that win. Um, Last year's combined driver rating on the Vegas tracks or those races was 7th, 96.2. That's a good number. And his comp track speed rating was 3rd out of everyone. Fantastic stuff. But it doesn't end there. He has the most average fastest laps in Vegas. So just really good stuff for someone that you can get at 12 to 1. 12 to 1. I think Toyota's kind of getting the, you know, shaft here a little bit and i was so impressed with martin truex jr last week because he fought back he he was battling multiple hurdles multiple pieces of adversity and he still was able to come back and get it done now i know we talk about the jinx with the clash i get that you know on average the clash winner doesn't win until about the 10th race of the year i'm i get it i'm a believer in that But at 12 to 1, this is really too good to pass up. So I'm going to have to go with old MTJ here, see if he can capture that same speed that he had last spring and see if they make the right choice when it comes down to it on pit road. So 12 to 1 for the 19 car. Then we'll talk about another 12 to 1 driver. Again, this is more of a value play because I went back and forth. I wasn't trying to do like a Chevy Toyota Ford situation. I kind of just came into it that way. And uh, I was really going back and forth between Blaney and Logano. And Logano is damn good here. Like, if you throw some money on Logano to win this race, I'm not going to argue with you. But if you're trying to choose between the two, I went with Blaney simply because of the value aspect. Logano's going off at like 7-1 to one in some places. Blaney's 12-1 to one right now. And I see that as monster value for someone because we're trying to take advantage of the books. Blaney last year 
had two really fast race cars at Las Vegas, like really fast. He won stage two in the fall and then just had catastrophic finishes, acts of God stepping in, blown tires, getting caught up and stuff that led him to just a dismal average finish. The thing is, he led the second most laps in that fall race. So in a race where he finished terribly, like way out, I think it was like outside the top 30, he actually had a rocket ship. And you can't discount that. But you have to imagine that 12 to 1, people are just looking at his finishes and not digging into what happened here. So because of that, there's an opportunity for us as gamblers to capitalize. His last 10 races at Vegas, he's got five top fives, six top tens, and his average finish in that time span is 12.9. That's eighth in NASCAR. So even with those two bad finishes, he's still eighth out of everyone. He's got the ninth best combined driver rating last year in 2022, and that's with those terrible finishes. So really good stuff. And in the mile and a half speed rankings, he's second, 5.83. Just phenomenal stuff from Blaney. He was fifth in average fastest laps at Vegas and second in average laps led in Vegas. So, I mean, I think the the streak, I'm taking two guys here, if you don't notice, that didn't win last year. I think this racetrack could be right what the doctor ordered here for one of these two guys. And then obviously you throw Chastain in there at eight to one. We're going with some value and some good stats and data to back it up so to recap picks to win this week we're going chastain eight to one truex 12 to one and blaney 12 to one vegas baby vegas so that'll bring us to the finishing position segment of the podcast where we're going to be calling out some top 10 finishers here with some decent odds some good drivers here and some cases to be made and then we'll throw in a little prop bet at the end of this one. So the first driver that I want to call out, and all of these you can get on Barstool Sportsbook. I hope you have the ability to shop around because Barstool is definitely, if you're looking at a top 10 play, they are the one to go with because they always have the best odds for top 10s. I have not seen in, in the last two years anyone that could outdo Barstool in their top 10 bets. Daniel Suarez is going off at plus 105 on Barstool to finish in the top 10. And this one really stands out to me because he, last week, performed fantastic. Obviously, we called him out in a head-to-head matchup, so I was tracking him for most of the race. I was also, so I was tracking him in a positive way and a negative way because I wanted him to beat Bubba, but I didn't want him to beat uh, Austin Dillon. And um, so I hit one of those, but I was all over Suarez last week as far as paying attention to him. And it was just a great start to the season, you know, outside of Daytona to for track house racing, like really good stuff for this 99 car. Um, he wrecked out of the race in Vegas early last spring, but he progressed on the mile and a half tracks as far as the speed rankings were concerned all season long and in the fall race he had the fifth best speed ranking compared to everyone i mean it was a really good race for daniel suarez something to really go back and have these notes and hopefully they can capitalize on him because it wasn't just the the speed ranking i mean he had the third most fastest laps and he led 31 laps i mean just phenomenal stuff he was first as far as speed at Kansas, the, the 
second Kansas race, and he's going off at 25 to 1 in this one. So you take all of that, right? So I kind of want in like reverse chronological order. You talk about how he was super fast at Kansas, fastest car on the racetrack at fan- Kansas as far as speed rank is concerned. Then he goes to Vegas, leads a ton of laps, has the third most fastest laps, fifth best speed ranking. Then he goes to Auto Club last week, finishes in the top five or ten. Great finish for him and that team. And now you're telling me he's 25 to 1 to win the race and he's plus 105 to finish in the top 10? Lock me into Daniel Suarez finishing the top 10. I think that this team can continue their success. Like Denny said in his podcast, you know, the, the teams that were good last week, I think, have an advantage this week off the truck. So Chastain and now Suarez, obviously, I'm inadvertently all in on the, the track house guys this week, plus 105 on Barstool. I really, really think that's a good bet. The next driver I'm calling out for a top 10, I was on him last week in a head-to-head. But kind of giving him a pass for now because I know what he's capable of. I've got a future bet on him. It's William Byron. He's minus 103. I think that's a pretty fair number for a top 10. And I'm not really sure why he's so long. I mean, 2022, Vegas, he finished 11th and 12th. His career driver rating at Las Vegas is 87.8. That is not bad at all. But I feel like he's getting priced here as someone who really isn't all that great. Looking at the comp tracks and speed rankings last year, he was 7th in NASCAR. And only one time in the six races did he have a speed ranking outside of the top 10. So that's really good stuff. And if you're looking at the combo for the driver rating in the two Vegas races, he was 5th out of everyone, 102.3 in 2022 in that next-gen car. So you combine that with the fact that Chevy naturally has been good here they got the win his teammates specifically are very good here it would seem so William Byron kind of a a driver who's expecting to have a big breakout year you would think that he would have the capability to really do something special here at Vegas and that's why I'm going with a top 10 bet because if he does hit it right uh, he would be well within that top 10 number and Clearly, Chevy, you know, when it comes down to it, right, Toyota last year, they hit the nail on the head as far as the the speed and what they needed. Uh, But at the end of the race, the Hendrick camp, the Chevy guys, they made the right call. Like when the chips were down, cliche and, and the pun here with Vegas, when the chips were down, the crew chiefs made the right call. So you gotta really assume that, you know, that could come into play yet again. And how will these guys play it? I kind of trust uh, the Hendrick crew to make the right call. So minus 103 for William Byron in a top 10. The last top 10 that I'm going to call out is the longest odds that I'll mention here, and it's plus 140. Now, when we get into these longer odds, I mean, we like to call out top 10s that are longer. I could obviously, you know, kind of repurpose my Truex rant and get into a you know, Ryan Blaney ran about why they should be top 10 for minus 150. And I get that, right? Some people might love that. So, by the way, those guys are available at minus 150. But I like to talk about guys who are further down the chart a little bit. Try to make a little bit more money. Plus 140 for Bubba Wallace. All right, 23-11, not off to the best of starts. We know this. 
But for the sake of a Bubba Wallace top 10, we're going to kind of put that aside for a second and just look zero in on Bubba's success last season. Because he won Kansas, that, that playoff Kansas race. That was part of the stretch where multiple non-playoff drivers kept winning the, the first races, the playoffs. Bubba was one of them. And Kansas is the most comparable track to Vegas. So you got to not forget about that. Because it clearly says, looking at these odds, that people are forgetting about that. At least the sports books are. Um, unless they're trying to throw us a bone here, which I doubt. Then they go to Vegas, and he was good there as well. He won stage two, if I remember correctly. Or it was either stage one or stage two, but he won a stage in that fall Vegas race. But that is overshadowed. Why? Because Vegas was the race that he threw his temper tantrum and his hissy fit and wrecked Kyle Larson, got out of the car, and tried to fight little old Kyle. And then get suspended. Uh, so that really overshadowed the success that he had late last season. Now, I think it's worth kind of looking back at it with a holistic approach with Bubba Wallace and seeing, you know, what we just talked about, plus the fact that he was 12th in speed rankings overall last year in NASCAR. We're just looking for a top 10 here. And I thought before he got into some trouble last week at Auto Club, he was a factor. I was a little nervous about my Suarez head-to-head bet there for a little bit. Um, I, I was super focused on Bubba up until, you know, he was essentially out of it. And he had a fast car, just kind of got caught up in some stuff. So Bubba is someone that I think makes a lot of sense for a top 10 because of what we saw at the end of last year. And you're going to have to kind of, you know, suspend your disbelief in him from this past weekend in Auto Club and go for it here at Vegas because I think he likes this style track. He likes this track, and we'll see what happens. I, I think this is a place where he can turn it around. This company, this team can turn it around and really start to have some building blocks for a, a successful season. So the 23 car plus 140, I like it for a top 10. Now here's what I'm just going to throw out there, and this – I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts, but this is a prop bet. You can get this on Barstool as well and Caesars, as far as I know. And this is an odd even bet. And odd is plus 100. Even is like a heavy favorite here. But I'm looking at it and I'm seeing Ross, who we called out. I'm seeing Truex, who we called out as, as potential winners. Then you get Chase, you get Larson, you get Denny. A lot of good drivers for Vegas that are odd number drivers. And I'm not sure if it's always, I haven't really been tracking this bet very often. So I'm not sure if it's because there are just simply more even number drivers in the field. But when you're talking about success at this racetrack, we got some some good numbers here on our side. Um, so I, I like this plus 100 number. You're getting the, the plus money there compared to the even. So I'll throw this out there as a lean. And, I, you know, you got a feeling about this one way or the other? Let me know. DM me on Twitter or Instagram, at Full Tank Phil. I want to know which way I should go with this one. So a um, little, little idea there to throw out there, and let me know what you think. So the top tens we're going with, though, not leans. We're all in on Daniel Suarez, plus 105, William Byron, minus 103, and Bubba, plus 140. Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor?
German. Forget it, he's rolling. All right, so we have arrived at the head-to-head section of the podcast where I'm going to be calling out three different head-to-head matchups, and I've kind of really unknowingly chosen these matchups because I'm kind of fading one of the drivers in it. But um, we'll get to these three matchups, and then I obviously don't have a guest this week, but I'm going to try to have some fun anyway. So I'm going to throw something out there on YouTube for anyone who's following around on YouTube. If you follow that, at Full Tank Phil on YouTube as well. I'm going to play a little roulette, and we're going to make a parlay out of where the roulette ball falls. So, uh, you know, I love having some fun here. You know, last week the shape parlay did not kick in. It actually um, got smashed. So it was a shame for her. She had, you know, crying her eyes out on her birthday, and uh, it just didn't go well. But, no, I'm obviously joking. Um, shape parlay, though, goes two and two the last four years. It's okay. We'll rebound next year. But we're going to make a parlay because we're in Vegas. We're going to play a little roulette. And uh, I'll walk us through that. And when we get there, we'll have a little fun. Let's start. All of these matchups that I'm seeing right now are on Caesars. Still waiting for DraftKings to drop their matchups. We're still waiting on uh, Barstool to drop their full slate of matchups. So going here with Caesars. And the first one that I'm going with is Alex Bowman over Tyler Reddick. So both of these guys, if you believe in either one of these guys, they are plus money right now to finish in the top 10 on Barstool. So I know I'm switching around sports books here. This matchup's available on Caesars, but if you want them in top 10s, go over to Barstool because they're plus money. And this, to me, is more of a fade of Redick than it is an endorsement of Bowman, even though I'm going to you know, make a case for Bowman here. Um, and let's start with him, I guess, because the hope here is that he captures what he had last spring. He was part of that you know, group that took two tires and he went out and stole the race. Like not only did they steal it from Toyota, but he had to beat Kyle Larson on that restart and he got that done. So that was pretty good. Now he was out of the fall race because of his concussion situation. So he's kind of a tough guy to handicap when you're looking at the 2022 season because he's missing this race. It's a, it's a big hole in the stats here. Uh, but they have the same amount of top 10s in their career, which is three at Vegas. Reddick has three less races, though. So that would be kind of a, an endorsement for him. But Reddick was so bad last week, like no laps inside the top 15 in the entire race and then ends up wrecking out. He ends up going and racing the Xfinity race, which was, you know, flip flop. They had to race after the Cup Series and uh did not do well there either. Just having a rough go, a rough start to this season, as you know, some of us may have predicted. But uh, just saying. So I don't know if this is a, a track that I believe he's going to be able to rebound and perform like astronomical. Now you go to the Bowman side of things, and he had a good race last week. He finished eighth and ran very well. Then you're looking at Vegas and how he's performed there in his career in the last 10 races at Vegas. He's got the ninth best average finish, the 10th best driver rating. So there's definitely reason to believe that he can go out and, you know, get it done. I don't think you're going to have Alex Bowman winning the race again like we saw, but 
I think a top 10 is something that you could predict. And just to beat one driver, one struggling driver, I'll take it. He's minus 115. I like this pick. And again, more of a fade than anything else. But, you know, Bowman, why not? Why wouldn't you want the defending champ of the Pennzoil 400? So lock me in there for the 48 car. The, the newly signed 48 car. I don't think we've ever touched on that on the pod, but um, silly season, you know, is already upon us as he signed a contract to stay with the 48 uh, to start the season. So he's locked in and we're going to be locked in this week against Redick. Now, a couple of these other matchups are fun because they're guys that you don't necessarily see in head to head matchups on other sports books. And this is definitely one that I'm going to love following in this race, because you kind of consider this more of a backmarker. This is Justin Haley, minus 120 over Harrison Burton. Harrison has a pretty solid start to the year, I would say. You know, he ran well in the 500 before finishing like mid-20s. He was a factor for a little bit there. Kind of scared me because I faded him. Then ran pretty solid last week. Like he, he wasn't terrible. Um, he beat Justin Haley, who he's going up against now in this matchup. But... I think this is where, you know, that decent start for Harrison comes to an end now that we're getting to the mile and a half. So I'm going to be fading him for Justin Haley. Haley improved as the year went on on the mile and a half comp tracks for speed rankings. He was two for two as far as finishing in the top 20 at Vegas. So in both Vegas races, he's in the top 20, whereas Burton, uh, he was only one for two. And it was big for this young program, right? This colleague program to see a driver on these mile and a half go out and just kind of run in mid-pack being better than mid-pack that's what you wanted to see progress and then you see the 16 car actually hit a top 10 with almondinger in it last fall um, so that just big this team's got some good notes on it whereas burton he finished 16th and 26th in the two races respectively so i feel like the delta for the 21 car is just too large for me you know it, he obviously hit strike uh, lightning in a bottle for that 16th place finish in the spring, but you know, 26, that's kind of where you'd expect to see him. So that gap is too unpredictable to me. I would rather have somebody that you could say, all right, you know, Justin Haley, he'll be running top 20. When you're looking at the speed rankings, mile and a half tracks, the looking at them combined against each other, it's 24th for Justin Haley and 30th. For Harrison Burton last year in the next gen car. So those are numbers that really stand out. And, you know, like I said, this could be a fun bet to file because they're not going to be running towards the front. You're going to be looking, you know, maybe they would both be a lap down or, you know, somebody's trying to get their lap back. That's why I love these types of bets. And I like Haley to come out victorious in this one. So um, Justin Haley minus 120 over Harrison Burton is my pick. Now we're going to talk about one that I'm blown away that I'm even talking about. This is Ricky Stenthouse Jr. plus 100 over Eric Almarola minus 140. Now, I'm a big fan of riding the hot hand, right? Just like Blackjack, another pun for Vegas, riding the hot hand when it's there, riding that wave. We've talked about that a million times. You got a guy scoring a bunch of top 10s in a row, you got to ride that wave till it crashes. Well, I thought, if I could go back in time and say, like, this is the wave I thought I'd be on, I thought I'd be on the Almarola wave because of 
Daytona being a good track for him, Auto Club being a good track for him, and Vegas, you might be able to make that case. And uh, that is not where we're at. We are opposite right now. Up is down. It's crazy. Stenhouse is the one on that wave. I mean, how could you be on a bigger ride right now? He won the Daytona 500. He ran very well last week at Auto Club, top 15, I believe. And he was, you know, running steady in that race. That was not a fluke. Just kind of riding well for that 47 car at Auto Club. So what has my attention here more than anything, though, is the odds plus 100 for Stenhouse. That stood out to me. If these guys were both like minus 115 or something like that, I may have skipped past it. I might have been looking more down Marola, but the plus 100 to get that in a head-to-head matchup is very interesting, especially when these guys are, are pretty close together in the stats because this isn't a layup. Like minus 140, you would say that in a head-to-head matchup, that is an absolute layup. Um, and we'll see how things play out, but I don't think this is as big of a layup as Caesars is making it out to be. Now, Stenhouse sucked at Vegas last year. Like, there's no sugarcoating that. But still, he had a much higher speed ranking on the mile-and-a-half tracks in 2022 than Eric Amarola. It was 17th for Stenhouse, 25th for Amarola. Eric had two top 20s, so we just talked about why that was good for Justin Haley at Vegas. You know, two top 20s, that's good. That's positive. But if you're going to bet Ricky Stenhouse... You're going to want to do it in the spring race because looking at his last 10 races in Vegas, his average finish in that time span is 17.4. But in the last five spring races, he's 11.0. So can he keep that going? That's the thing. You know, the spring races, he had a sixth place finish, he had a third place finish a few years back. Um, it is definitely worth considering Ricky more so in the spring than the fall. I feel like I get caught up. I have been caught um, in years past saying like, well, look what he did in the spring. And then he goes and, and kind of lays an egg in the fall. I want to take advantage of this. So plus 100, you know, let's lock that in. I want that because uh, I just don't see why Almirola is such a heavy favorite at minus 140. So the picks here in the head-to-head matchups are Alex Bowman over Tyler Reddick, minus 115, Justin Haley, minus 120 over Harrison Burton, and then the underdog, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We're going to ride that wave, plus 100 over Eric Almirola. Another, I'll call it a backmarker bet. This is a lean, but it's also a heavy favorite here. Uh, minus 130 on Caesars is Corey LaJoy over Ty Dillon. I really like this bet. Um, now, I'm not going to rip off all the stats for you. This is why I'm throwing it in kind of at the end here. But Corey LaJoy has been racing really well. Great at Daytona. He was getting all the love from the broadcasters and the other drivers at Auto Club. Meanwhile, Ty Dillon in the Spire Motorsports car like just has not had it going on at all. Um, Ty has decent enough numbers at Vegas in his career where you wouldn't, you know, you, you might hesitate just to write him off. But in this new vehicle for him, that I, I don't think he really has much going on. And if LaJoy performs half as well as he did at Auto Club, I think he could, you know, easily mop the floor with Ty at Vegas. So uh, that's a lean for me. I might have to parlay that with something, you know, as the week goes on. But I just want to throw that out there as a little bet. 
if you have access to Caesars, I love it because it's drivers that you don't necessarily get to bet on in a regular cadence. Okay, so now as we advertise at the beginning of the podcast and we started talking about head-to-head matchups, because it's Vegas, we're going to create a parlay. Doing this for fun. Got to keep myself entertained somehow here on this podcast. And we're doing it playing some roulette. So if you're listening to this podcast, and go ahead. If you want the visual of what we're about to do, go ahead and find the YouTube video that we put out there because you can see what we're doing. Uh, but I will be talking you through it the whole time anyway. So what we're doing is we're going to pull up Caesars Sportsbook and we're going to find some head-to-head matchups. All right, so I'm, I'm pulling them up now. And we're going to go through and find a matchup. Then we're going to hop over to the roulette wheel that I have up here. And we're going to give one of these guys red, give the other guy black, and whatever shows up on the roulette wheel during that spin, that's the guy we're going to go with. We're going to do it three times. So we'll create a little parlay here, the roulette parlay for Las Vegas. So I think that's pretty simplistic. I hope you're following along. And uh, again, give us a look on YouTube if you are listening to this in podcast form, if you want the full breakdown. So just kind of scrolling through here because Caesars does have a number of good matchups uh, available to us. And I guess let's go with a, a heavy hitter to start. Let's go with some Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. All right. Both of these guys, I don't, I'm not ripping stats out here. Like we did previously. We talked about the other top or the other head to head matchups. No, this is, we're going to leave this one to the roulette wheel, but uh, you know, both these guys had some rough finishes at Vegas last year for various reasons. So we're going to throw Denny, the red, color and kyle is the black color and we're going to go to the roulette wheel here we go all right I, I was messing with this earlier and let's just see I'm trying to skip this ad here we go all right so i got to put a little something down to get us started and now is the red kyle is the black who are we going with? Vegas tells us it's going to be red. So we will go back over and throw Denny Hamlin, who is plus 100, by the way, in because the roulette wheel landed on red. All right. So Denny is in, which I don't necessarily hate, to be quite honest with you. You know, I think the Toyotas could probably step up at some point this weekend. We'll see. Let's find another matchup here now talked about the Ty Dillon and Corey LaJoy one a second ago. As you can see, that's already up to minus 150 now. Um, how about A.J. Allmendinger? Here we go. A.J. Allmendinger and Chris Busher. I have not really given these guys much of a look this weekend and going into these stats here, but let's go. A.J. is the red. Chris Busher is the black. Let's do it. Let's run it back now and uh, see what we got here. All right, we got the little music here for this roulette game. And here we go. We're going to spin this one. AJ the red, Chris Busher the black. Where are we going to land? And it's red again. So that's going to be AJ Almendinger. He's going to be added to our parlay now, which is now up to plus 267. So red back to back right now on the roulette wheel. We got one more to go. And let's find a another heavy hitter, maybe. I don't know. You have a, a good heavy hitter matchup. I'm um, looking for more of a, all right, maybe not heavy hitters, but uh, how about 
let's see, Brad Keselowski and Eric Jones. I think I was actually kind of digging into this matchup a little bit already and got a little scared off just because of Keselowski and, you know, his numbers a little skewed because last year, you know, in a different vehicle and the rest of his history and such a good car, Jones is a bit of an enigma. So I like this. We're going to go Keselowski red, Jones in the black, and we will run it back here. There's the, the dealer wins yet again. Okay, here we go. The final spin for the roulette parlay. Let's do it. What do we got? Here we go. And that's going to be black. So we are going to land on Eric Jones plus 100. That's going to give us some good odds here. So plus 633, the roulette wheel is telling us that we want Denny Hamlin, we want A.J. Allmendinger, and we want Eric Jones in our parlay so that's going to be what we roll with here and you know we'll see if if and when uh that hits we'll be celebrating we'll, we'll be cashing that big and heading to phoenix so trying something new here you know gotta let the gambling gods in on this episode in some way so we'll see if that roulette parlay hits and we have got a lot of other ways to throw some money down this weekend as we got the trucks, Xfinity, and Cup all in action. And, you know, I'm going to be all over the trucks. So I just want to throw out there that if you love talking trucks, give the NASCAR betting preview show podcast a follow because Derek and I have already talked about. We're going to record another truck episode. Had some good success for Daytona. We're going to run it back for Vegas. So give that a look later this week. If you are into the trucks and hopefully make a little money as they're there as well, heading in to the weekend with Xfinity and Cup. So that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you watch the, the roulette parlay on YouTube, really appreciate it. Let's win some money in Vegas. A lot of people lose their shirts in Vegas. Not us. We're coming out um, with our pockets full with these bets we're placing. And we're getting ready to come back next week for the final leg of the West Coast trip for Phoenix. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time for Phoenix. Place to go.